For Mariners fans, the scariest team in baseball might not be the Astros or the Rangers or even the Orioles. It's the 39 and 82 Royals. At least that's what it feels like whenever these two teams clash. And last night's game was certainly terrifying. But at least the Mariners won and stopped the bleeding. Our thoughts on the victory and more coming up here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. This is Tidying Gonzalez and Colby Padnett for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for Colby and I's Patreon. You now get a free seven day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode last night the mariners beat the royals by a score of 10 to 8 and extras mariners jumped out to a 7 nothing lead but some sloppy defense questionable umpiring and some shaky pitching down the stretch allowed the royals to mount a very very predictable comeback thankfully the mariners offense held it down and ty france came through with a clutch two out two run single in the top of the 10th while taylor saucedo shut the door in the bottom half of the inning to secure the win colby your general thoughts following that interesting baseball game that they should give Tay Oscar a hundred million dollars and right. that Ty France is clearly the first baseman of the future. Uh, and that Emerson Hancock continues to do his best Kyle Gibson impression surprise. Um, but, uh, but I, I've come up with an alternate comp that you might like more. We'll get to that okay. later. Oh, okay. Sure. All right. Oh yeah. I'm Spoiler sure I'll love alert. It. it's the same guy, but, uh, <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, certainly a, a thrilling victory. Um, it is a little unfortunate because yes, Kansas City scored eight runs, um, but I felt like everybody except for Munoz was actually fine, like pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously the the Hancock five spot, like yes, those are all earned runs. Yes, there was some questionable umpiring there, but you can't blame the umpire every time something doesn't go your way, uh, and. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate that it's basically like three bat hit balls, load the bases, and then Bobby Witt Jr. unloads them. But, uh, you know, that's that's baseball, and you got to make a better pitch in that situation. So, But, yeah, you know, other than that, I thought the bullpen was totally fine. Uh, and really, the last two days, the bullpen in general has been fine. It's just been one guy who's yeah. really kind of – and, you know, yesterday or two days ago it was Brash. Last night it was Munoz, unfortunately, and those are the two guys you need. Uh, to step up and uh, it's actually been the other guys around them that have stepped up just fine. So yeah, I'm, I'm not overly worried about the bullpen. I'm, a, I'm more worried about Munoz and I am brash. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a weird game uh, obviously on the field. Uh, it was, I would say the weirdest managed game Scott service has ever like aside from taking out Hancock after he finished the fifth, I can't think of anything Scott did last night that I agreed with. Oh, and mm-hmm. I guess going to Saucedo in the 10th, but I would have gone to Saucedo in the ninth. So even that, not really. So yeah, it was just, it's just a strange game. Like I'm, I'm yelling at Scott. I'm like, I'm upset at Munoz. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, like, 
if you're trying to blow this game, there are easier ways to do it. And, uh, you know, thankfully, you know, the Mariners had had just enough and uh, their bullpen was just a little bit better than Kansas City's, which is not a sentence you want to say when you're trying to, to track down a playoff spot. So, yeah, weird game. Um, certainly some fun, some fun parts. Uh, certainly some, you know, stressful uh, parts and uh, then some just like maddening parts. And then, hey, you win. So dance it up and. Let's let's get out of here and get ready for today's game. Well, and hopefully you got the monkey off your back that has been Kauffman Stadium the last few games. I mean, geez, you know, you and I were texting during the game last night. I told you I'd be stunned if they win this game. And it was like eight to five at that time. And look, you're going up against a 39 and 81 at the time ball club like eight to five. You should win that game like you should close the door. No issues. Let's go home on to the next. But not in this stadium man this stadium has been utterly cursed this whole series with the royals in terms of just like over the last couple of years has been cursed this is how eight of the last 14 games between the mariners and royals have gone on august 26 2021 mariners take a four nothing lead into the sixth royals score six unanswered to win six to four the next day m's jump out to a 5-1 lead kc scores four and the fourth to tie it and then the royals win eight to seven in extras then the next year on april 23rd 2022 mariners lead 5-1 after four kansas city makes it 5-4 in the fifth they take a seven to six lead in the seventh and then the mariners score seven unanswered to win 13 to seven the next day the mariners take a 3-2 lead into the ninth they blow the save but then they win five to four in extras that's the uh, jesse winker electric factory game then that's september casey scores five and four uh, in the first four innings M's tie it at 5-5 in the 6th. They go on to win 6-5. The next day was the 13-12 game. We don't need to rehash that. And then, obviously, Monday's game and then yesterday's game. We know how all that went down. This series has been utterly unhinged between these two teams over the last three seasons. And, uh, Colby, we still have to watch five more of these this year. Yeah, uh, Kansas City, how they traditionally build their team is not a particularly good matchup for the Mariners. They are a team that traditionally puts the ball in play, is very athletic. They run the base as well. They're, you know, the ballpark uh, is big outfield, uh, lots of, you know, curved angles, lots of doubles and triples and stuff like that. And the Mariners best defensive outfield alignment right now, not that good in the corners. So, yeah. Uh, and actually it's been that way for a couple of years now, not that good in the corner. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's weird, uh, but you know, no such thing as curses or anything like that. Grow up, uh, just play better than a bad baseball team. It's not that hard of a concept. Apparently it's incredibly difficult for the Mariners to execute for whatever reason, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's no excuses. Like, the number of people I saw blaming the umpires, like bad strike zone, Angel Hernandez sucks, which he does. Like, obviously, the third base coach touched his base runner, should have been out of that inning, blah, 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 blah. Like, fine, whatever, complain. You can do that if you want. The Kansas City Royals have already lost 81 games. Don't put yourself in a position where those things matter. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to have time to talk about this in the next segment. So I just want to point this out now. What is Scott Service doing? Like, how do you not trust Taylor Saucedo with a three-run lead and a clean slate against the bottom of Kansas City's lineup? Because now, not only did Munoz blow the game, right? 
but now you have effectively removed him from your roster for at least the next two days. And mm-hmm. honestly, probably three. You do not have a day off for another, uh, what, another eight games, another eight days or so. You have, you know, back-to-back games where your starting pitching has only been able to give you five. Uh, you are one Luis Castillo blow-up away from being in serious danger in your bullpen um, without any relief in sight. So Castillo has to go seven. It's a really simple solution. Like I get, you know, you kind of have to stretch it. And we saw a couple guys get multiple or get more than three outs last night. But with a three run lead in the ninth inning against the bottom of one of the, you know, granted hottest, but still one of the worst lineups in Major League Baseball, you have to trust somebody other than Andres Munoz to get that done. And we thought Scott would start to trust Saucedo. He still hasn't clearly because anytime we've seen Saucedo now at least two games two the last three games, and maybe all three, I didn't notice this on Monday, where Saucedo has warmed up to come into a game, and then he's been sat down in favor of somebody else. And then what does Saucedo do when he gets into the game? Just nails. Like, I I don't get If you trust Saucedo to, you know, essentially get the save in the 10th, why wouldn't you trust him to get the save in the ninth when you could also save Andres Munoz, get him off the mound, uh, and have him available potentially today or tomorrow instead of just throwing him out there, leaving him out there to dry when it's very clear. Munoz has no idea wh- where the slider is right now. The fastball velocity is down. He's struggling. Mm-hmm. Get him out in the eighth and trust, you know, Saucedo, who's probably the next best guy you have because you'd already used Topa. Uh, Brash wasn't available. So it's probably Saucedo is next. Trust, if you can't trust a guy to get three outs without giving up three runs. He shouldn't be in your bullpen. Like yeah. it's that simple. Use the arms. It's unfortunate that you have to do it because Jerry didn't go and replace Paul Seawald, but that's the reality. You have to trust other people. And it looked like he was doing that. Remember, he put Thornton in, in, in big spots. He put Saucedo in, in big spots during the win streak. In the last few days, it's been nope, it has to be Brash. It has to be Munoz. And it's like, yeah, why? You have to start trusting other people. I know it's hard to do but you have to, you don't have a choice. You can't run Munoz out there and have him throw a hundred pitches by pitching, you know, four out of six days in a week. He's not built to do that. Neither is brash. You have to start using everybody in your pen. If you don't trust Isaiah Campbell or Ryder Ryan to pitch in the middle innings of a game, then they don't need to be in your bullpen. Go get Adam Aller. go get, you know, anybody that you trust more in those situations. You have to use these guys. You have to. It's not a, it's not, a, well, we don't want to. Ideally, there is no ideal. You have to use everybody in your bullpen. Mm-hmm. You have to trust them. And if you don't, get them out of here. It's not that difficult of a concept. You cannot run Andres Munoz into the ground. You cannot run Matt Brash out there four out of every five days and expect them to be effective. You have to give them breaks. You have to take chances on guys that maybe you don't really trust right now or maybe you're a little bit unsure of. You have to start giving the ball to Topa. You have to start giving the ball to Saucedo. You have to start giving the ball to Campbell. You have to start giving the ball to Ryder Ryan. You have to start doing that, and you have Gabe Spire too. You have to start giving these guys high leverage spots because you are going to – you're going to collapse before you even reach, uh, you know, the middle of September. If you're just going to continually ride Brash and Munoz in every single high leverage spot late in the game. Yeah, thankfully Taylor Saucedo has that hundredth percentile dog in him, so he needs. I think he's earned the the right to to pitch in these situations. I, mm-hmm. I think he's he's proven that he's he's up for it. So 
Uh, I would like to see them, you know, I would like to see Scott Service specifically deploy Saucedo more in these uh, high leverage spots because he's coming through. He's coming through more than than Matt Brash and Andres Munoz are right now. So, you know, how long does that last? Who knows? But right now, got to play the hot hand when it comes to this bullpen. All right, we're going to talk about Emerson Hancock's start in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by Bunches. Bunches is a new app built just for sports fans where you can chat sports in real time. Click the link in the description to join the app or go to the Apple App Store and download Bunches now. I'm telling you, you're going to love the conversations with other Locked On sports fans. Chat about your team every day. Tell a personal story about your experience in the Locked On MLB Bunch or call out a Locked On fan that posted an interesting take in the bunch. Download the Bunches app today, and when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description to join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Game three of this series between the Mariners and the Royals, if your heart can take it, is on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this game is also going to be very, very weird. Uh, Let's talk about Emerson Hancock's start, which was kind of weird as well. Uh, It looked like he was going to be able to go maybe six, even maybe seven in this one, given the seven-nothing lead. Uh, But then the, the fifth inning happened. Teoscar Hernandez and Josh Rojas clearly have some miscommunication. The ball drops. That would have been the second out, a very easy second out. That ends up putting runners at first and second. Then the bases are loaded. And then Michael uh, Garcia uh, hits an RBI single. And then there's what you talked about a little while ago, the whole thing with the third base coach. Uh, The runner touched hands with him, basically stopped his momentum to be able to go back and, and retreat to third. Uh, Scott Service brought that up to the umpiring crew. They all gathered, but nothing came of that. And then Bobby Wood Jr. hits a grand slam to make it 7-5. to five, And Hancock ends up finishing the night with five innings pitched, five earned runs allowed, nine hits, just one strikeout. No walks, at least. So after he walked three against the Padres, no walks in this game especially against a pesky Royals lineup. Uh, but yeah, weird start. What do, what do you make of it, Colby? Number five starter. Like that, that's the slash. That's the line, right? That's the number five starter line. He's pitched what? 10 innings now in the big leagues. He's got four strikeouts. There's nothing here. That's swing and miss. Um, you know, and by yeah. the way, the fastball Velo was down yesterday from his last start. He was, you know, mostly 91 to 92 in his first start. He was 93, 94. We even saw a few pitches, you know, 90, like scraping 90 miles an hour. His, his lowest uh, velo fastball was 89.6. Is that by design? Is that, uh, you know, what, what is that about? I don't know. So um, that's a little concerning. Um, you know, he, he was able to, the fastball had some good shape at times. It, it certainly has some run to it, which is good to see. Uh, but overall, I didn't think he was all that good. Uh, yeah, he avoided walks. That's fine. But to me, Hancock continues to look exactly like a number five starter, um, which is fine. That's kind of what you need right now. And he is your best option, but there's nothing special here. The slider is flat. The changeup hasn't landed like he needs it to. Uh, he didn't even, he hardly threw the changeup, which is his best pitch. Just doesn't have good feel for it at the moment. Uh, so he's basically trying to survive on a, you know, 91 92 mile an hour fastball with some run like that's not going to work hancock has to have 
his changeup, he has to have his slider. Um, and if he doesn't, then he is going to get lit up like a Christmas tree uh, in Houston in his next start. So he's got some work to do. Uh, again, this is definitely, to me, this is definitely a step back from where he was uh, in his first outing. And he just continues again to me to look like just a number five right-handed Marco Gonzalez, essentially, which again is fine for now because that's really all you have. He's your best option until Wu is back, but that's not anything to get super excited about. That's not something to, you know, it's, Oh, it's Emerson Hancock day. No one strikeout in a major league baseball game in 2023. That tells you everything you need to know about where Hancock stuff is right now. Yeah, it's not overpowering. It's, it's it's there not isn't good. there isn't a whiff pitch here that's present right now. And I mean that doesn't mean that he he can't develop that eventually, but right now, yeah. as far as twenty twenty three goes, that it's just it's not there. Um aren't the Royals like one of the like don't they strike out the least or like they're like top five and lowest strikeout rate or something like that? I don't care. But still like yeah, one no, in five I, innings. Yeah, no, uh, I'm just saying like, yeah, you're, you're not going to get many strikeouts against this team in general, but still like one is, is rough. So at six whiffs on 76 pitches. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's just not going to do it. Especially when you, when you're going up against the, the Astros, which is his next scheduled start. I'm really concerned about that start. And, you know, Jerry DePoto in the past has talked about giving his young pitchers a, a life raft, right? Mm-hmm. This feels like they're not doing that and they had an opportunity to to shake up the rotation a little bit here with the the couple of off days last week where they could have lined that up but i just you can only do that so much um yeah like it's just we don't know how long hancock is is you know going to be around uh he uh woo has played some catch but i haven't heard much aside from that and and yeah, he was throwing woo, a football yesterday or the day before yesterday yeah. I think Wu is eligible to come off the IL uh, in line with Hancock's next start. So maybe it's just Wu is, is back and, and that's, you know, what they do, but maybe you need to, you know, send down Isaiah Campbell or something and, and add, you know, Tommy Malone or somebody who can give you a couple innings. And, and maybe the, the thing is the life draft life life raft is, Hey, we're only going to ask you to go three or four today. Um, so we'll see what they do with him, but yeah, he's again, he's just not very, he's not very good. Um, he is not a guy that you want starting playoff games. He is not a guy that you want starting against the Astros in August. So, uh, Hancock is what he is right now. Uh, I'm not trying to drag the guy. He's just not very good at the moment in terms relative to, you know, major league pitching relative to what I think a lot of fans expect. He does look like Kyle Gibson. I'll continue to hammer that home. Um, he does look like later stages, Kevin Millwood and like none of those guys are, are super exciting. Uh, some of them have value, but you don't want any of those guys making playoff starts for you. So Hancock to me, he's got a lot of work to do. 14% whiff rate in the majors, uh, in, in 2023, that's not going to work. You have to get some swings and misses. You don't have to be, you know, a, a 10 K per nine guy, but you can't be three and a half. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you have to find a way to get some swings and misses. You have to find a way uh, to avoid hard contact and you have to find a way to pitch out of, out of trouble. Now in the San Diego start, he did that. So I want to give him credit for that. There were some times he he pitched himself into trouble, got out of it. Wasn't exactly able to do it yesterday. Again, kind of a weird, you know, 
group of events happen. But at the end of the day, Hancock was pretty mediocre yesterday. Uh, so I was actually really off with the the Royal strikeout rate. They're middle of the pack, twenty three point four percent K rate. Um, but again, even if it was like even if they were top five and lowest strikeout rate, like still one strikeout against any team is is not gonna play uh, in Major League Baseball in twenty twenty three. Just not. Um, he did induce you know a couple uh, double plays yesterday uh, with you know the runner on first one out. Um, just kind of stopped the bleeding on that front, or at least didn't let things snowball. But overall, yeah, it was it was pretty average, mediocre start. I mean, obviously the line probably looks a, a bit better if Teo or Josh Rojas makes that catch. Um, but it could have. But yeah, um, yeah. So by, by the way, um, Mariners pitching in general yesterday just mm-hmm. four strikeouts. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Royals fouled off a lot of pitches. They did that on Monday as well. Mm-hmm. Like they I mean, again, I looked at the numbers, they're pretty much middle of the pack in terms of strikeout rate, but against the Mariners pitching staff, they are not striking out at all. They have been a really really tough out. So hopefully that changes in the next two days because you got to take some load off of this bullpen. Like the the, the Mariners could really use a 6-7 eight inning start Castillo, the next couple of days. Castillo really needs to pitch into the seventh tonight. Like yeah. That's what they need from him. They really need that. Yeah. All right. So uh so yesterday we talked about September call-ups. Uh we were asked about that. Uh but we didn't talk about Jared Kelnick at all who is still as far as I'm aware expected to return at some point in September. So let's talk about what you do with this roster once Kelnick returns. But first a reminder this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head on over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available U.S. customers. Eligible items. Only exclusions apply. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Again, you can catch game three of this series between the Mariners and the Royals, if you dare, on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. And tomorrow, after the series finale, we will be doing a post-game show. So look forward to that. Obviously, day game, so we're typically doing post-game shows after day games in the middle of the week. Uh, All right, so Jerry Kelnick, when he gets back Colby, what do the Mariners do here with the rest of the roster? Who's getting the axe? to make room for Kelnick, assuming that he is able to stay on track here and uh, return. Well, we start with the idea that Mike Ford is probably the cut uh, when JP comes back. Now I say that knowing that for some reason they refuse to cut Mike Ford in general. And in fact, have given him some pretty big at bats the last few days um, for, you know, reasons that don't exist in reality. Um, but uh, so, yeah, he should be the cop, but they may send down Sam Haggerty 
Um, so yeah, it, it's a little bit of a messy situation because we know that JP is going to come back. Well, we think JP is going to come back at some point before September. We'll see. Um, but Sir, that, Sir said last night that they're hoping he'll be back on the weekend. Yeah, so we'll see. you never know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think uh, once JP comes back, then I think Ford is the cut there. And, and uh, then we'll see uh, how soon into September Kelnick is coming back because there's not a guarantee that Kelnick comes back in September. There's not a guarantee that you can get him rehab games or anything like that either. So there's a chance that we don't see Kelnick, but let's assume that he is up at, he is ready to go at some point in September. Um, you know, at that point you're going to be carrying an extra guy anyways. I, I think you just make that flip. Um, so I, when you look at like the guys who I think have a shot to be added at the, you know, at the September call up, if Kelnick isn't ready on September one, which right now mm. we have no reason to believe he will be. Mm. Um, I think you're looking at Shiner, Deloach, uh, Bliss, Tremel, uh, Tremel, right? Uh, so I think that's the move, right? You just take whichever one of those four guys you call up initially, you send mm. him down, you put Kelnick on the roster. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't think you're going to send down Marlowe. I don't think you're going to send down Canzone. Um, I think Haggerty makes more sense than any of the guys I just named. So he should stay on the roster. So yeah, I, I think it's just whoever you call up on September one is the guy you move down for Kelnick if, and when he's ready. Agreed. Yeah. I wanted to ask, cause we've had a few listeners ask us about that. And I, I think we even had a question about that for yesterday's mailbag, but I, I didn't put it in. So um, yeah, it's pretty straightforward though. I, I think it's just, you, you flip him out for the, for the call up and that's it. Um, you know, and there's obviously, you know, injuries can crop up and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You never know, but hopefully knock on wood, that's not it. And it's just as straightforward as Deloach or Tremel or whoever goes down, Kelnick's back in. And then, you know, how would you uh, handle the the outfield rotation with Kelnick involved? Without knowing what he can handle physically, like can he play six days a week when he comes back or is he going to be like three or four and then you got to get him off his feet for a couple of days? Mm-hmm. Um, that's really not an issue, though, uh, in terms of how do you get him playtime? Uh, because Canzone, aside from hitting one home run, really hasn't done a ton to, you know, be in the lineup every single day. So for me, yeah. um, I'm like my typical lineup, uh, again, assuming everybody else is healthy, which eh, uh, these things tend to sort themselves out, but uh, I think I would have Kelnick in right. I would have Julio in center. I would have Marlowe in left most of the time. And then uh, the DH is going to be Teoscar. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you want to play some matchups sometime, then Canzone can play some left. He could play some first. He could play some DH. He could play some right when Kelnick needs a day off. So uh, you're going to be able to get those guys all, you know, you're going to be able to get all five of those outfielders pretty regular at bats in what will be a small sample size. Uh, but like honestly, I what has Canzone done to show that he deserves at bats over Marlowe, to show that he deserves at bats over, you know, even Kelnick coming off of an injury? To me, nothing. Like I still like the bat. I still like there are moments, but he was terrible at the plate last night. Um, he's not a very, you know, people keep talking about him. He's like super athletic guy. Like he's really not. I he, I don't trust him in the outfield all that much. Um, so yeah, I mean, to me, the easy answer is, is Canzone finds the bench unless he starts to hit between now and when Kelnick comes up, because as much as you like the profile and as much as you think he can hit eventually, he's still right now running like a 
65 WRC plus, like that's not a guy you have to put in your lineup every day. Um, no. That's a guy that somebody like Kansas city should put in their lineup every day because they don't care if they win. The Mariners have to put their best guys out there. And to me, Canzone is not right now. He is, he's one of your nine best bats, but when JP comes back, if Kelnick comes back, I don't think he is. I, I think he's probably your 10th or 11th best bat. Yeah. And I think right now your outfield, your primary outfield should be Marlo, Julio, Teo. Yep. Um, and then Canzone just kind of rotates here and there. Um, Make him I wonder, for a couple days. Take yeah, defense also, off of his plate. I also wonder if we'll see him play first base at all this doesn't year. Doesn't seem like it, right? Yeah, like because they've had like opportunities that he's done. Yeah, well, they've had opportunities to pinch run for Ty, yeah. and they haven't. So, yeah, they played Dylan Moore at first over right. Canzone. Like, so to me, it doesn't seem like that's something they're interested in doing right now. Right. Maybe yeah. this winter they can start the transition a little bit, but. Yeah, on, on the athlete front, like he, he he probably is a good athlete and just a mediocre outfielder. Like he's probably like a solid athlete, but I just I don't see anything that like I I don't really want him playing in the outfield to be honest with you, and I especially don't want him really playing in the outfield in Kaufman. But whatever. Yeah, I I don't know. To me, I just see kind of like an average athlete. He doesn't look comfortable catching fly balls. He he there was a base hit into left field early in the game yesterday, and he like. It was like the most mechanical looking thing I've ever seen an outfielder do to field a base hit. Like it was like, like he moved almost robotically and like dropped down with his glove. And like, you could see there was like, <laughs> it was like, do I pull my glove up now or do I, and it, it was, it didn't look comfortable out there. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't think can zone absolutely kills you in the outfield, but he's not a plus, you know what I mean? Yeah, so no, no Marlo's, Marlo, even with all of his interesting routes that he takes on fly balls, is a better defender yeah, than I feel. Than I feel pretty is. good when a ball yeah. hit to Marlo. I mean, I feel pretty good that he catches it, not you know how he's going to catch it, but uh, yeah, Canzone. I, I just I don't know. So to me, Canzone's the easy guy. If you get into you know, let's say September fifteenth, and Canzone over his last you know between now and then, that would be what like a hundred plate appearances. If he's you know putting up a one ten one fifteen WRC plus, then. You kind of right. just rotate yeah. him through and you play matchup. But as of right now, to me, Canzone is the guy who finds the bench with regularity uh, when slash if Jared Kelnick comes back at some point. But that can change. Yeah. At, at the very least, as far as that trade goes, Josh Rojas is on a little bit of a heater the last few games. Offensively, not yeah. defensively, but offensively. Yeah, we don't need to talk about the defense, especially last night. Uh, but yeah, he's he's had a couple of good nights at the plate. So hopefully that continues. And uh, hopefully you can actually get a little bit of production out of your second base spot the rest of the way. That'd be nice. All right, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.